Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Welcome to the ID10T Podcast number 966. This episode brought to you by Spotify. Some things were meant for each other. Fries and milkshakes. Barbecue sauce and everything. And now ID10T and Spotify, the same app that has millions of songs, now has thousands of podcasts like this one. On Spotify, you can listen to all your favorite shows and discover new ones. To subscribe to ours, just search for ID10T, tap follow, get every new episode delivered to you right on Spotify. Podcasts on Spotify streaming right now and now and also now and then the nows of tomorrow as well when they become nows which is going to be quicker than you feel like it's going to be um i also uh, uh just in a shameless bit of self self promotion um i have some shows coming up i'm going to be at the dc improv uh in november and i'm also going to be adding a second show we added a second show to the october 26th show at the neptune in seattle there's a 9:30 show and people have actually already bought a bunch of tickets so get them cuz i want to do i want everyone to come in costume and then we could do like a costume contest in the first show and then the winner of that contest if they wanted to come back you know for the second show yeah then we the winner from that show and then we could like like do ha- another contest and then like it's a like champion the, of con- like that's oh, right yeah, see, yeah, yeah. anyone beat that person yeah but i don't I know like if that's that. really fair though because then the fr- first audience is going to vote on both of them you know yeah. what i mean it's like, like but i still think it could but maybe it's might still invite work. them back to hang out yeah maybe anyway tickets are on Ticketmaster for that um and then for the dc improv just uh, search for the dc improv and then i'll also be at the kaboo festival uh friday september 14th and that is in del mar in san diego oh, k-a-b-o-o and then we're going to announce the id10t lineup in uh, a couple of weeks. Awesome. What else you got, Katie Levine? Kurt Frazier writes, uh, my friend Andy Coffee doesn't know I'm doing this, but I would like to tell everyone about his amazing project called Sacred Wind. It is a project that spans three books and also an album of music from the main characters in the books. It's about a Welsh Viking flatulence rock band from an alternative reality. Fantastic. Think of Monty Python meets Terry Pratchett meets Spinal Tap. Uh, more info can be found at sacredwind.co.uk or at sacredwindband on Twitter. I think you've definitely <laughs> hovered directly over the Venn, di- the Venn diagram of what you just described in our audience is a perfect circle. So <laughs> It you, came in and I was like, this you, is amazing. You, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could not have described a more perfect thing. And then uh, I think it's pronounced Tanya. Tanya Sturdy writes, I've been a huge fan for years and after listening to Chris say that we should... S- 
go start our own thing. I did. I self-published a cookbook full of easy-to-make, delicious family recipes, a lot of love and taste testing with my friends. Went into this book, and I would love to share it with people who may be wondering what they should make for dinner. It's called Recipes from the Sturdy Kitchen, and it's available on Amazon now. Fantastic. This episode... I'm very excited about <laughs> I'm so excited about this. This is Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, who are promoting Cobra Kai, which is really good. <laughs> oh, my God. I was, I've been, it's on YouTube Red. Uh, the trailer for it I saw, like, I don't know, two months ago or something. And I the trailer looked amazing. And the series did not disappoint and I, I, I immediately said to our booker, Debbie, we've got to get Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka on, if at all possible. And it turns out they were doing press. But uh, just one of those really strange, if you had told me when I was a kid watching Karate Kid 100 times or watching any of the movies that William Zabka played the antagonist <laughs> in in the 80s, whether it be back to school or just one of the guys or, you know, or Karate Kid. Um, and, of course, they just both turned out to be great dudes, both of them. But I, what I love about the show, and I say this in the podcast, is that it's very gray. Like, who's – it's not just like, oh, Daniel's still the hero and and John is still the um, the, the villain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very um, gray. Yeah. And it deals a lot with like shit that happens to you in high school that we all just can't let go of <laughs> no matter what. We just get taken right back to high school yeah. in those situations and it's I thought it was really 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 well done. So, you should if you if this if any of this is resonating with you in any way, you should watch Cobra Kai. It's on YouTube Red right now. And uh thanks to 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 Billy and and Ralph for coming on the podcast. Um this episode also brought to you by stamps.com. I mean, you can get everything on demand, like this podcast, for instance, anything else, and listen wherever you want, whatever's convenient for you. So why are you still going to the post office to mail letters and packages when you can just get postage on demand? It just doesn't make sense to do it that way. So just use stamps.com. You can access all the amazing services of the post offices right from your desk, 24-7, whenever it's convenient for you. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter package using your own computer printer. The mail carrier just picks it up. You click print mail and you're done. It could not be easier. So you can use ID10T for the special offer, which includes up to $55 in free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in ID10T. That's stamps.com. Enter the promo code ID10T. This episode also brought to you by Simply Safe. In 2017, the Better Business Bureau heard more than 5,000 complaints about alarm companies. That put home security in the top 10% of the most complained about industries. And here's how you fix home security. You do it with Simply Safe. Simply Safe got rid of contracts and hidden fees. They work to earn their customers' business instead of relying on tricks and fine print. Simply Safe is a company that will treat you well. You want to be protected by the company that's supposed to be helping to protect you. Uh, how rare is that today? A company that relies on good service and a great product and they want to earn your business. So this is why they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for 10 years running. And there are over 40,000 five-star reviews online. Simply Safe is what home security should be. You're getting the best protection, period. Learn more about Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E.com slash ID10T. Simplysafe.com slash ID10T to protect your home and your family with A-plus home security system. Simplysafe.com slash ID10T. And speaking of that, this is the ID10T podcast, number 966, <laughs> with Cobra Kai. Katie, sweep the leg. Initiating ID10T protocol. 
four episodes in, and this is the greatest fucking thing I've seen. I mean, well, episode five is my favorite. Uh, <laughs> you know what's great about it is that it's, and we'll talk about this. We'll talk about a lot of things, but it it's so perfectly done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's because it rather than trying to rather than trying to recreate exactly what the original thing was, which is what a lot of continuation type, you know, whether it's a sequel or a reboot or whatever. It's like this is a slice of these guys' lives where you go, that's probably what would have happened. Right. Right. And there and no one and so far, four episodes in, no one's really a hero, no one's really a villain, everyone's very human mm-hmm. and just dealing with all of their yeah. with all of their issues. But it's it's so good. I'm excited for you guys. Thanks, We're happy. And I'm excited that I get to watch it. And I'm excited that this was the continuation of the story that I didn't know I needed. Right. And that I yeah. never knew I was going to get. Nor that we knew we needed. Yeah. 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 Was it, did it sort of feel that way when you guys started? Like wrapping up an old, an old like wrapping up this chapter? It was opening a whole new world. It was, you know, I think, uh, you know, I don't know if we expected it to be this way story-wise. But uh, once we got into the characters and in the narrative that they wrote, uh, it felt right. And it feels right. The thing that I love about it is that it it captures this idea, and maybe this is just you know maybe, maybe you have to be a certain age to get this thing, but no matter how old you are, the shit that happens to you in high school it never goes away. It's a fact. It does not yep. matter how many things you achieve or how much you accomplish or how little you accomplish or however. You could still see someone who was a dick to you when you were 15, 16 years old. Yeah. And you would instantly remember. You can't help it. Right. So true. And it really captures yeah, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not, they're, neither one of them are really beyond it. Yeah. No, that's a part of we, we talk about it all the time that, you know, the Karate Kid was clearly very good over evil, black and white kind of storytelling. And where Cobra Kai is now, there's a lot of gray areas. Your allegiance changes episode to episode. And, you know, so it humanizes these characters in a more complex way or additionally to what it is. And in an interesting way, I didn't think about this till till I really saw the series, uh, season one, as we say, so far, is that... Um, you know, for, you mentioned for LaRusso, his worst nightmare is the Cobra Kai Dojo opening. I mean, his whole chi- uh, childhood was getting his ass kicked by these guys that were everything wrong with martial arts from his perspective. And interestingly, when we come up, we we meet him 30-something years later, it is, it is actually Cobra Kai and him being sucked into that world that actually helps him find, and you'll see this as the season arcs out as you've watched the rest of the episodes, it actually brings him... Balance in in his adult life that he might have lost and got off the track with, and it's right. kind of it yeah. kind of adds to that arc and and uh, and you know whatever happened to the bully in high school is something that's not explored. So through the Johnny Lawrence character, that's a big part of what what the writers do and what Billy does in in a, in a fantastic performance and in, in in the adult version of Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, because because uh, John Avildsen directed that. Yes. Who also because and who also did Rocky. So it's basically Karate Rocky. In yeah, a, in the a Karate weird, Kid. Yeah, the Karate Kid. It. Yeah, but it you know I mean I was so the perfect age when that movie came out, probably fourteen or so, mm-hmm. and so it just. It, it just cemented into my psyche in a way because I was a very nerdy kid. And so it 
it did not give me any delusions that I could learn how to fight. Were you right. doing the crane kick after? You Everyone those, did maybe, the crane yeah, kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Even me, I did it. Maybe I, maybe <laughs> I, maybe I, maybe I did it. confession <laughs> before you got here. I don't, I don't know. I don't but know, you changed allegiance. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I was telling you, the Cobra Ralph, Kai T-shirt, like, man. I love they it. didn't make like they didn't make uh, Miyagi Joe karate shirt. Like there was. Well, no, they weren't. They do have them, but they're not as in. They're sold out. That's what it is. They're sold out. We didn't need them. We just didn't need them. But no, it's 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 so it's always cool to be the the bad guy. So what what is quote unquote the bad guys? Well, yeah, but but also, I mean, it's not like I I did not side with Cobra Kai when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I very much, uh, and but it's still. Did anyone ever kind of? Did we? Did I'm sure you've discussed this a million times. Daniel LaRusso basically learns a lifetime of karate in about a month. Right. Is well, that about the right time frame? Yeah, maybe a little bit longer than that. There, were, there had to be one or two montages, <laughs> 80s montages that stretch that out. and Because it, uh, then he immediately goes to Okinawa and then he beats a guy who's literally yeah, is right. karate. Yeah. Like he's, he's not even just learned, like he right. just is karate. If you're going to spend this time breaking down the logic, <laughs> the beauty of all this logic, you know, all that is uh, is that people are still talking of about it. Of course it, it is. That's the of best course. part. Yeah. That's the best part. But also just that, you know, I, I think it's more than excused in the fact that, you know, obviously Miyagi's character is uh, he's a master right. and he has heart. A human Yoda. And, yeah. and yeah, he's a human Yoda and Daniel has heart and he's from Jersey and he's got, you know, like he's got a he's got a, a little spirit. chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he's got a little, a little bit. he's got a little chip uh, on his shoulder. Listen, Daniel Russo had no business winning anything. And I think <laughs> I, at that time that's what was part of the charm of of it was aspirational wish fulfillment for anyone who saw that movie. I could be that. He was the kid next door. Right. So, uh, but as Daniel Russo, as an adult, as you know, gets a little bit off the track, a little bit, you know, uh, overconfident, and his feistiness and his temper that he had even as a teenager, you know, comes to the surface in, in the Cobra Kai show, and it adds to, uh, to you know, like we talk about that allegiance. He's not always, uh, you know, as, as, <laughs> as, as warm and fuzzy as you might have thought he'd been, and uh, and needs to recalibrate. And that's part of hopefully long form storytelling. I think what you said about high school, how you, how you react to people and it's incidents in high school, is so true. And I think that this show really captures that in a really organic way. I feel like you feel that way. Like Johnny and Daniel, they have these. They came into each other's lives in their earlier days, and it shaped who they were. Johnny, Daniel became the Karate Kid. Johnny kind of disengaged from Cobra Kai, and they're still in the same you know circle and. You know, it's just some, it's like kind of uh, it's a natural feeling to see a Daniel Larusso billboard and have that kind of reaction. The guy that kicked him, you know. Well, yeah, but like anyone who hurt you. I mean, I, I know guys who still have not made peace with their bullies, right? And like will go to a reunion and think that they're okay because they're successful, and they get there and they just start shaking, right? right, right. And they still can't. Totally. It's like it, on such a fundamental primitive. Yeah. It is. It's a primitive yeah. because it, it just all it just all fuses to your identity Completely. when you're a kid, and right. you, those, yeah, because those moments <laughs> shape your whole. Yeah, of course growing that's like you take that with you man it's like in high school if you don't stand up to your bully and you and you you know you get defeated you're gonna have that always i had incidents in high school where like that where i got in the fight and then later saw somebody and you know you still have that same dynamic it's 20 years later and mm-hmm. it's like but then he's like this guy's in the marines now and he's, like, he's seriously totally in the marines. Oh, no. yeah. and he introduced me he's like yeah this guy beat me up in high school i'm like no no you this guy yeah. you know that was it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't but i didn't beat him up but i mean you know it's like yeah but that's a visceral uh, emotion to, to see somebody and have that re- reaction and it works i think here and i think the audience has grown for these 30 some years with that that's been replayed over and over and over again so when the show starts it feels it just kind of lands and you're yeah. just kind of picking it up right now and feel 
feels uh, you know feels like we're really with these guys, and we are. Yeah, I'm. I there, there was a there was a girl who bullied me in seventh grade, I think, and uh, <laughs> she wouldn't admit that she was really. Yeah, yeah, no, Did I'm comfortable with it. To her? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I really hated her, yeah. and like maybe I don't know. 15, 20 years later, I ran into her. I went home to Memphis and I ran into her. And she was like, hey, you know what? I was a real bitch to you. And I, like, I was all prepared wow. to be like, right. yeah. Why were you? And she was like, I was a real. That? Did you? I was so conflicted. No. Really? Because I had just stored all of this right, like for ready, years and years and years. I was just yeah. ready to be like, <laughs> and you have no power over me. You know, she was like, yeah, I, was, I had a rough time. She took away right away. Well, that's the thing. The yeah, it's like, up. You know, when you're, when you're young, you don't realize that a lot of people who are dicks, like people who just go out of their way to be dicks or aggressive, probably don't have great lives or there's something that is you know deeply flawed in their their immediate relationships and so wow. you know it's like not not that i feel I, like you almost do kind of feel bad you're like i don't appreciate the methods that you use to deal with those but you were a kid and uh you know what uh, i guess everyone's doing the best but just that binary idea of like who's a bully and who's not and who's a as you get older, you're like, oh, it's yeah. just it's complicated. Mm, totally. It's really it it's complicated. But that's what's so great about the way your show is now is that everyone's complicated. No one's like one thing, mm-hmm. and it really could have just been that. And you know, I yeah. think anyone else would have made it that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but you played. At a certain point, with all the roles you played, are you like, do I look like a dick? Why do people keep casting me yeah, in these roles? I mean, for sure. Back to school, just one of the guys, karate, all movies that I adored. Yeah. Uh, but at a certain point, were you were you like, what is going on? Uh, yeah, I think after back to school, I kind of decided that was it with the with the bad guys. Although the rest of my career, there was some kind of version or some kind of tip or something to to that. Um, yeah. When we did this one, I just wanted to make sure. I'm like, I, when they pitch it, I'm like, all oh, as long as you're just not turning him, I'm doubling down on my dickness, and I'm not going to be the biggest <laughs> asshole doubling of down all on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, but like, you know, are you going right. to slaughter? Am I, are we just going to go? Can you know admit to the world that this? Because you know, living with that, I mean, I'm an actor, but you know, there's that uh, that response. So it's like, I want this guy to be human as long as you know. I don't mind him being bad. I don't mean being wrong. But um, is he going to be a two-dimensional kind of jerk, you know, dick? And, and, that, and that, that's not appealing to me to play. So No, yeah. and I also find that a lot of times people who play, like people who've played a few jerks on stuff, you're like, you meet them, you're like, fuck, they're like the nicest. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. They're but so nice. When I, when I was a kid, my first movie, one of the first sets I was ever on was The Island that Michael Ritchie directed. And Michael Caine starred in it and David Warner. Wow. It was a really famous uh, Bad guy villain. Oh, David Warner. Remember is him? Yes, yeah, he was in Tron. Yeah, he was in incredible. Time after time. And my dad was an AD on that, and I was a stand-in for the kid on that. So I go to Universal, and I would just they'd set the lights on me. They bring the real actor in, and I, I remember meeting David Warner, who was the he was like the pirate, he was the evil guy, and he was the nicest, sweetest human being ever, and Michael Caine as well. But um, it was really interesting and fascinating to be that young and be impressed on the performances where they were so evil and then meet him and he was just such a, a complete polar opposite of that. So it was a, you know, I kind of took that, I think, with me because I remember being young, 14, 13, 14, and having these, you know, these stars 
pay attention to me and being so kind. And it really meant so much just that they didn't just walk around me and they had attitudes, but they were just like, hello. And it was just like a welcoming, like, oh, that's how you do it. You know, that's nice. I never hear. thought I would pl- apply that. Like I didn't say, you know, one day I'm going to be you doing that to kids, but I am, you know, now it is happening that way. And someone just posted on Reddit a couple days ago was just a picture from the outsiders. Mm-hmm. And it was just a picture. You guys are all in the back, the back of the pickup truck. And oh, right. And right. it's, and it, it's an astonishing group yeah. of, of actors like holy shit that's yeah, they're, they're all that's one almost pick- all of them one pickup <laughs> yeah. truck you got a Rob Lowe in there you got a Swayze you got Emilio Estevez you Tom Cruise Matt Dillon Matt Dillon I mean it is an, an unbelievable when you're making when you uh, how I would love to kind of talk to both of you about being young and successful and famous in that t- during that time right. in the pre-social media era yeah it is a different time it, you know like what is it what does that mean? What does it feel like as it's happening? Or are you just thinking, well, I'm just an actor. I just want to stay employed. I don't really care about all that other stuff. I mean, with The Outsider, since you referenced that, that was a book I read when I was 12 years old. So um, it was probably the first book. It was definitely the first book I finished without my parents saying, keep reading. <laughs> you know, you have to finish 10 pages a night. 10 pages a night is all we ask. You know, it was, a, it was uh, not unlike many people that were inspired to read based on S.E. Hinton's novels. I guess now it's J.K. Rowling or whoever. But um, uh, so, so having the opportunity to be in that film was a, a big get. I wanted to play that part. And then it was Francis Coppola. It was like every, it was all the boxes were checked at that point, you could imagine. And, uh, and so being in that, getting that part, felt a little... You know, you get a little spoiled when you, you know, you read a book, you love the book, you love the part. It's one of your favorite directors. He's making a movie, and you get the part. It's like, okay, this is going to be a cruise, cruise right. control. Um, and uh, um, I think that you know, you talk about pre-social media. There was less of that. You know, it was less of, you know, you know, you get in the part before. I mean, you, you read about it before you get the call. It's crazy now just how quick everything is and everybody right. with a phone is a paparazzi so I didn't I don't remember that you know that yeah. part you had, a, you had a little bit of time if you did something stupid and I never did I'm still looking to do something really stupid <laughs> and it, and, but now I have it's a hit a little, show so I don't really have yeah. to do something stupid right now it's no, way claustrophobic now back in yeah. the day it breathed a little bit you know most of you go and look into Team Beat magazine right. rack and see if you're on it you know maybe, yeah. did you make the, the, the yeah. centerfold <laughs> those days are sick the TV guide put <laughs> picture in it when they did the blurb did you get the tv guide shot right right did you go to somebody else you know but going through all that stuff because then the karate kid came right after that for me um it was uh you know this it's a short when when i look at that window of time it's a it's kind of a short window for me just personally that you know whether it's the outsiders karate kid my cousin Vinny, it's only a couple of years right and then you know it got pretty dry for a while through the 90s, and I, you know, raised my, my kids were born then, and when I look back at it, it was almost like I designed it beautifully to be there, but that wasn't completely by design, it was just, okay, the roles dried up for a bit. Right. But, um, so, and I never, I always lived one foot in and one foot out of Hollywood, I never, I, I only lived here in L.A. for two years, that was one of those years when I was on a show called Eight is Enough, mm-hmm. so, and then that was before The Outsiders, and then I moved back to New York, and I've always home-based in New York, so I lived... For the most part, when I wasn't working, I was just back home, you know, going to see Mets games and hang out with my friends or whatever. Um, and that's how I sort of balanced it. I would have been, as far as balancing and maybe going down a wrong path or a bad path, um, I think if I was in the social media, in the world where, 
you know, you were living every moment and it comes up on the computer in, in nanoseconds. Yeah. That would be tougher to navigate, you know. Um, not that, uh, I, I don't even know how you deal with, with that. I think it's got to be harder for the young people to do Yeah, we that's have, what I mean. We have I'm talking as a young person. And we're adults so we can, yeah. you know, process it. But when you're that young, 18, 17, and you're and in so this, seductive. like, millions of eyeballs on you everywhere you go and... You know, I mean, that, that, that can do a number on you, I imagine, you know. Yeah, but also, <clears throat> it, you also have the sort of the blessing and the curse of being in something that's so iconic mm-hmm. that you, I, I would imagine you do have to make peace with it at a certain point, wherever you are in airports or whatever, people are doing the crane kick at you yeah, yeah. or they're saying sweep the leg or like whatever it is. Like they're like they're the first person who's ever know, first person who's ever thought of it, and you just gotta like, oh okay, uh, hey hey, oh thank you, yeah, right. you know. But it, <laughs> you know, was there a period where you kind of had to go, okay, I really just you know was I was lucky to get to do this, and I really just need to make peace with this. But fuck, sometimes I just, just am not in the mood for it. Right, every time there's a fly in a restaurant, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I give my I give myself eight to nine seconds to get out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fly on a window. I'm just like, we, yeah. we can't eat here. We can't eat here. Somebody, someone's going to throw chopsticks <laughs> yeah, right, at you. Like, okay, guys, come grab on. It, grab it now. There was a, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. During, I mean, I would say 15, 20 years ago, there was probably that enough already moment for me. But I never would, like, say, come in, okay, we're, we're going to go talk to th- today. But he's, he's not, he doesn't want to talk about that. Right, right, right. I've never done that. That's just yeah. silly to me. Right. And this movie, our movie, the, the Karate Kid, what it's become is bigger than both of us in pop culture, you know? So to be like, he's, I'm only going to talk about this and enough of that, if you don't want to go out and hear it, then don't go out that right. day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm the same way. I think the movie just, it kind of became a shadow that you were, it's not, I never resented it at all. I think they could say sweep the leg all day long, but it was becoming career-wise, I mean, when this thing's playing every single day in every country all day long, that's the image of who you are and that's mm-hmm. out there. And it's hard to get around casting directors to say, well, that's who you are and prove me wrong. And, right. you know, and then the parts are all kind of tied to that. Like you're going to be this or that or come in and play this bad guy. It's like there's a lot more to me than that. And so you're, that's more of where I pushed against. So I was right. like, that pissed me off more. <clears throat> pissed me off. But, you know, as far as this, the movie, it's become, I mean... It shaped my life from then till now. I think I've lived longer with it than without it. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. know whether if somebody didn't say sweep the leg at the airport. I'd probably, something, something <laughs> I'd probably freak out. No, yeah. wait, hold on a second. Nobody, let me, re- let me anybody, walk through again. Anybody. I'm going to put some quarters in my pocket and make this thing go off. You just you yeah. play that Joe Esposito song yeah. on your phone. Exactly, and you yeah. Let me do that again. Does that make an appearance yeah. anywhere in the series? That, uh, I'm not going to tell you. You just watch. You okay, good. Watch okay, good, good, good. I would imagine it. Because I also love... Another thing that I thought was such a great, uh, a great thing for John Lawrence's character is that there are so many different ways that suggest that he's stuck in that time period. Mm-hmm. Yes, the car and the music and his T-shirts, the flip phone, the flip phone, and it doesn't feel. But it doesn't feel overdone to me. It's like I think that's what that guy would do. Yeah, yeah. I really do think that's There's, what that guy would yeah, do. Yeah, I think he represents. I think it's a, it's a, some people like that, and people know? love it. There's a lot. People there's a lot that. to. I mean, there's a lot that I, lo- I identify with. That I like the old school stuff. I like the yeah. Old I know, cars. but 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 I also but I just think you know when yeah, you when so you look far-fetched. at the, when you look at what happened to this guy, yeah, yeah. he was so on track, right. And then he got knocked <laughs> off his axis right. and had no concept of who he was or what his identity was right. yeah, and yeah. just fucking gave up. Like yeah. he just gave – because what's, yeah. what's he going to do without yeah. that? Yeah, he's just spinning in an eddy of yesterday. You know? Right. Like, yeah. Right. What do you think – oh, see, this is probably a spoiler too, but uh, 
Maybe I make eye contact. Crease, does Crease make an appearance anywhere, or do we? Okay, that's all I need. Well, no, no. Episode four. I mean that that's that's kind of uh, a bit out of the bag at this point. You're just okay, a little good, behind because yeah. okay. it's just been announced that Martin Cove as yeah. John Crease will be a series regular next year. Great. So um, I just spoiled it for you. But, that's okay. But no, all listen. of your fans have seen this. Can I tell you something? It's not going to make me want to watch it less. Yeah. Like it's only going to make me want to watch it, it, season two more. It's a nice. Uh, it, it's a, it's a good reveal. It's a good setup and payoff. And uh, but that's all we have from the, this point forward as far as, as as that. And season two, you know, has been picked up. So yeah. we're. And early, the writers are you know just just hunkering down now and just starting to. It's John out Hurwitz, is that correct? John Hurwitz, Hayden yeah. Schlossberg, and Josh uh, Heald. So jo- John was responding to some folks because I said, "Oh, I love the series," and John responded to me. And then some guy complained, like, "I mean, I loved it, but you know, I, I got to wait like a year or something for season oh, two. Yeah. And, so, and so I said to the guy. Hey man, you waited thirty three years <laughs> to get right, right, right. the first season. Right. So a handful more months is yeah, really right. it's not gonna yeah, yeah, they, it's right. gonna be fine. That's right. And they could they could rewatch the the season one because there's on reviews there's lots of little stuff peppered in that you'll miss the first time. It's it's how well layered and how cra- well crafted these guys uh Handle this and how they handle the nostalgia element, the flashbacks and clips from from uh, the original film. Angles and shots that were never even edited into the original film that they had access to that changed yeah. the the pers- per- perspective. Yeah. Um, and then um, and then uh, the, the relevance of this young cast. We have these good, this great young cast, and they, Everyone, yeah, all the young people are fantastic. Yeah, and they look good too. It's like it's check, 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 check. Everyone's check. everyone's really great. But I also in the in the story in the, in the universe, I love that for part two, for Karate Kid two. It's like you, you could – it's just like that thing of high school romance where you're so into someone, another perfect person, and then a few months later it's like, yeah, she dumped me for another. Like it just – it's like, oh, yeah, that's what happens in high school. You know, like one minute you think this – oh, this is going to be it forever. And like a couple months later, like, oh, yeah, they uh, didn't really <laughs> – didn't really work out – didn't really work out too well. Do you – is there – were there particular projects that you – I mean, Back to School was another one of my all-time favorite yeah. favorite movies. Triple Lindy. That was my favorite. If I had to remake a movie, that would be it, just for the party it was. It was fun. Oh, it was so much fun. It was ridiculously fun. It was like not making a movie. It was. We, I don't even remember making the movie. It was just, you know, fun. That cast was amazing. And on location. And, and Dangerfield. Yeah. Dangerfield's great. And Sam Kinison and young Robert Downey Jr. and Keith Gordon, oh, Terry Farrell. We had a great – we had so much fun on that. It was just a party. It was a, you know, like twist and shout, the scene in the bar, you know, the twist and shout yeah. scene, you know. And Burt Young and the whole I mean that was just that was a blast it was just so much fun yeah that is a fun movie because in the in the pantheon of like you know nerds beat the jocks kind of right. movies no one really gets their ass kicked no. it's just like who's a better diver yeah. like that's so and I'm sure it was I'm sure the pitch for that was so ridiculous because it was Dangerfield yeah, yeah. and yet I completely bought it. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason Rodney Dangerfield should have and, ever been standing on a dive board, and I know that was the part of the joke, but yeah. I, I totally, I was in. Like, yeah, I was in yeah. 100, 110%. No shots yeah, yeah, yeah. of him doing that. Yeah, it's a <laughs> triple Lindy when he yeah. goes in and he's smiling. Yeah, exactly. yeah, slow motion. <laughs> but I feel like yeah. if we didn't have a movie like Back to School, a whole generation after of like, you know, we wouldn't have had any of those, like, Ben Stiller, Will Ferrell, right. like, any of those movies that I think use the DNA of those movies yeah. to sort of, you know, to play off what those things were of, like, we're going to, we're going to, we're the best, man, we're going to win this. Right. But what an incredible, what yeah. an incredible time. Yeah. And when you were, when you're making Karate Kid, do you understand 
what it is that you're making while you're making it? Like, do you feel that it's special? I know it can be a little weird when you're working on something you don't want to think, like, this is going to be huge. Yeah. But th- did it have that feeling as you're making it? Um, I always say I always say this. One of the things I, I felt is I felt that Pat Morita and I Pat Morita and I had a had a special sort of soulful chemistry together. It just you know I call it a soulful magic. It was something that when we were working together, those scenes were just easy. It just seemed right, and he seemed uh, very locked in, and he took very very uh, good care and responsibility for playing that Japanese American character. Um, I talk about that they dealt with the internment camps and, and uh, during World War II, and it was the first time a mainstream movie ever dealt with that. So I felt that we had some special things there. I felt that the concept, you know, the title, I, I loathed the title because I said, if this thing ever hits, I'm going to have to carry it forever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Did so, you say it was a Bruce Lee? It sounded like a Bruce Lee comedy. Yeah, right. That was it sounded like a, it sounded like <laughs> yeah. a, and then initially they wanted like Toshiro Mifune, some great uh, Kira Kawasawa actor to play Miyagi. You know? Right. And Pat Morita came in. The studio it was unsure. They turned out an Academy Award nominated performance. But yeah. But so I felt that there were there were moments, special moments when we were making it. Did, I was hoping it would be a hit. I had no idea. Thought it might have been a little corny, a little like I said, black and white, good over evil, no gray areas. Um, whether we'd be talking about it now, uh, and then whether it's pop culture, wax on, wax off, would be in the dictionary, or the crane kick would be a, yeah. a move that's known around the planet. That's you know, get him a body bag, take a worm for a walk week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, word for a walk week. I mean, I mean, who, you know, this stuff is it just—it's un. That's beyond. I had nothing to measure. You did Outsiders before that. I had done. That was my first film, so that was my first experience, and I would just assume that all of them would feel that way. It felt special. It felt like we were doing something. I was eighteen, learning karate. It felt emotional. It felt real. But I had no idea what John Avelson was doing, what the music was doing, the cameras were doing. We had no idea until I went to the premiere and saw this. And I was, I remember cheering, you know, jumping on my feet, getting chills when I got kicked, when they, the part where he says, show, you know, that moment and you do that and it all came together. I didn't see it. I mean, I saw it in the script, but I didn't, I didn't watch it even be filmed and there it was. And I got, so all of a sudden you felt this experience and afterwards it was like, wow, there's this glow, this buzz. but who could have ever imagined that it was going to march on? We didn't even know there was going to be HBO and <laughs> and cable oh, and digital place. and all this stuff. And I don't even think VHS were out yet, quite yet. They were. They was, it was starting. Still relatively new yeah. at that point. But yeah. you could never imagine it marching on like this because it was always it would be in the theaters for a certain amount of time. But I could tell you, in, in other movies after that, I always measured it against the, the the experience of the Karate Kid, and it never felt like that. I've never uh, had a, a feeling where. Everything just – there was just some kind of a, a vibration thing that was happening really along the way. I mean I've, had some, I've done some good things that felt great, was, I'm proud of. But the Karate Kid was definitely special and I felt it return on the set of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I agree. I honestly it's did. And we filmed it. I thought, man, this thing that was there is, is here unless I'm tricking myself. Like off camera it was alive and, yeah. and then it translated in front of the camera and the energy around it. It felt special. I'm like, man, I'm just either my mind's playing with me, or this is really happening. I felt the same way. It's yeah. crazy. And and now this response, both the fan response, the amount of views, the you know millions and millions of views, and the and the critics' response across the board, that's even bigger than I. I mean, it's like that's it's kind of right now. It's like everything's right. It's it's kind of as good as it gets when you. You're coming back to something again. It's almost like lightning is struck twice with this this 
fran- blessed franchise in this way, at least the the part of it that I was involved with. You know, mm-hmm. it's um, it's a. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. Well, I think because it's obvious that you care about it. Yeah. And also, sure. uh, you did it the right way. Like, it, it wasn't – it doesn't feel like, <clears throat> well, this thing was popular in the 80s, so we're just going to milk that and do it in a cheap way to just get some nostalgia points. Like, it's – everyone's really good at it, and it's, it's really great. And, and what's interesting that you say, I think when the announcement was made, which is a little bit uh, – Less than a year ago, when we did the TCA, and Billy and I walked out and said, "You know, YouTube has this show." And this, there was a there was a little bit of exactly that. Certainly from the industry, yeah. it's like, okay, right, it's a cash grab, and it's YouTube. They couldn't even get it to Netflix, right? You know, all this. Everyone had this. All right, show. Okay, I guess I'll watch it because I love the movie, and I, even though it's going to be horrible, I'm going to watch it. Anyway. <laughs> you know, because I was we were reading this stuff, and then other people saying this is the greatest thing in the world, but there was. So I think everyone was sort of back on their heels, waiting for it to be, you know, the epic fail of their favorite childhood movie. Sure, sure. Yeah. And it was also um, announced as a comedy, so that made everybody get right. afraid that okay, so they're gonna is it gonna be a parody? Is it gonna be? And then the fact that it has all these layers and and these guys, uh, you know, wrote with such care and and a detail and attention to nostalgia and to respect of all the characters in the film and then create a fresh young new relevant world for today everyone's like like you're reading this doesn't deserve to be this great but it's the best <laughs> thing i've seen that's what we're reading and it's really it's it's really quite uh humbling and and uh and you know spectacularly rewarding i think at this the, the stage. Di- and the distance i think this the, the stepping into it kind yes. of wading into it knee deep it was is fair for the fans when they're like i don't know i i said you do it that we did that when mm-hmm. we approached this, our first thing is this going to be cheese? Is this going to be nostalgia? Who's is this black and white? Good, bad, bad. We approached it the same kind of, you know, resistance Cautious and, and cautiousness, and it was proved to us by the writers, and we trusted, trusted, trusted till we gave a hundred percent and did it. And then I think the fans had the had the, the chance to have that same experience of are they going to let this in or not, and is it going to be you know? And I think so. It's, yeah, they want they you had right, a similar though, situation. Right. Do you know what I mean? They wanted it to be everything they wanted it to be. Right. So I think when when they had the these, these sort of fathom screening events or the first two episodes are free to everyone you know the, the super fans watched it like with one eye half like, please <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, don't mess up my childhood yeah, it's a sacred thing yeah. <laughs> and then it, it, so they were all so uh, um, you know relieved and then it was it turned out to be you know arguably for them better than expected and on top of that you have High school kids and college kids, my son's college friends, my daughter's friends, they're in their 20s. Yeah. And my nieces and nephews that are 16, 17, all their friends, they're just binge watching the show. I mean, when does that happen? You yeah, because you, you now have source material to go back and look. And the original Karate Kid yeah. still holds up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still a great, it, you know, I mean, with the exception of the music, it nothing else about it feels like... Oh, this is so 80s. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe some of the lingo or take a worm for a walk week. But other than that, it's like it hold, the movie holds up right, and right. it's still really it's still really good. Despite the big hair and 80s. <laughs> <laughs> take a worm for a walk week's coming back, though. I know mean, oh, that's going to sure be. I'm sure. That and doubling down on yeah. 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 But, you know, The funny thing is I, I know that there are guys like that that would say – must be take a worm for a walk week and then turn around and be like, swish. Yeah. Right, right, right. Nailed it. Like, what did you just say? Right. Think about, really think about what you, really think about. Was it really a sick burn? Was it really a sick burn? But it, but it also shows that, 
you know, it's it's just that thing of you never know what's going to happen, what's going to come back around. You know, like you mm-hmm. said, oh, in the nineties, things sort of dried up. I didn't know. You must have felt like, well, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe that's it. And then now here you are. You know, you're both working and you're working on great stuff, and it's never. You know, it's it's yeah. nothing's ever done. Like it's, it's cyclical, and yeah. you just keep. You have to always reinvent. I mean, you always have to, you know, look for what's what's next. Whether it's a small a smaller role in the right thing, and and um, and then you have a you know a big mainstream thing like this that's hitting on all cylinders. Um, you just got to keep working. It'll be creative behind the camera. We've both done that um, in those in those uh, say drier times where the roles weren't coming from the acting perspective. You would write or, or direct, and and as long as you you maintain a, a way of being creative and and telling a story in some fashion, that's all. That's what I need. Yeah. I mean, making a living at it is another story. You know, you just never know when that's going to uh, happen. But fortunately for us, we've figured out or got lucky enough and uh, made the right decisions we feel really smart right now i said that yeah, to him like, like an hour ago don't yeah. you feel like the smartest yeah. guy we both yeah. seem like you know we've waited and yeah. we've said no a long time we both have <laughs> yeah. but like who knew we said yeah. yes at the right time it did feel right though yeah. it, they it felt like the timing was right the landscapes were right, meaning these streaming services. If, if I talk about telling a five-hour movie and slicing it up in ten half-hour parts, you didn't have the ability to do that ten years ago. You were right. a major motion picture sequel or twenty-four episodes on a, a broadcast network, and now you have these other platforms, and um, and then uh, and just their you know the writers their vision it was very detailed, specific, and um, you know they knew way more than I do. Uh, do or did about this uh, this original movie and uh, and so it was time to jump in we did and we seem really smart what well, I'd love to hear about um, Abelson as a director yeah like how is how how is he conveying this story to you and how is he making sure that you know that you aren't that you don't go so far to be like okay that's now that's a comic book bully and you know like how how does Daniel seem strong and not like you know just a just a ragdoll nerd who's getting his butt kicked right. around the yard. Like he, how, how did he give you dimension? Did he give that to you, or did he work with you, or did you bring that to the table? Like there what were was... a decent amount of rehearsals. We had a couple of weeks of rehearsals, which is not always something you have the opportunity for. Yeah, um, I certainly had. I had about five weeks of martial arts training, and during that. Um, we would have it's about re- as long rehearsals. as Daniel had. It's exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Five weeks and he was ready. <laughs> and, five, and five weeks is like an hour a day. Right. This, is, this is not like ten hours in the gym, right? right. Uh, drinking five raw eggs and running. No, yeah. It's like uh, you know, I rode the bike a little bit and I did a couple of uh, you know kicks and punches. No, we worked. We worked on all that stuff, and there was a lot of prep time for that. But. Um, you know, we had the trust in John, obviously a, a great filmmaker. Save the Tiger was one of my favorite films of his besides Rocky and and some of the others uh, back at that time. And, and so there was a trust in the fact that he knew how to tell this kind of underdog story. Um, he, you know, our, my first reading, I don't know if yours, do you have the tape of your first, uh, because you were on set. It was a little different then. Yeah. But my first reading of Daniel LaRusso is something you can watch on YouTube. My first, I mean, it's Avelson talking me through. Yeah. He's got a camera here and we just, he's explaining the scene and I'm just sitting there, you know, and we just read it. And he has Pat Morita's first scene and he's actually cut them together. And it, it's great watching because you see, 
you see those two characters come to life without us really having worked it through. Right. You know, it says something about casting. When you got the right kid and the right actor or whatever, it's just it's evident. But he he um, was very improvisational through the rehearsal process. He shot everything on video. We shot Billy and I shot all our scenes on video. We mapped it out. We went sometimes to the locations, other times on sound stages. So it was very much like a little bit of theater camp. Uh, and he was editing, you know, raw, you know, kind of like VHS yeah. footage. He made the movie before he made the he movie. He made the movie. The he whole saw thing's a, angle for angle, shot for shot, mm-hmm. tone even, working with us in, in the scenes. He had the whole shot, the movie, in his head before he went to shoot one lick of film. Yeah. And, and he always inspired us as yeah. young directors to do that. He said, don't conceptualize it. Get it out there and, yeah. and shoot it. And then before, before you get there on the day. He was a pretty hands-off director on set. You remember? I mean, mm-hmm. I, at least for me he was. He would just, you know, you come up with an idea. But he had it in rehearsals and he would let you go and do it. And maybe he'd give a note or you'd come and ask him a question. And he'd go, mm, no. Or, mm, yeah, try that. But mostly was, <laughs> when, when he didn't like something, when he didn't like something, he would just say, uh, let me be you for a second. Uh, uh, and he would right, always right, come right. in and he'd act it out like me. And, and, I've, and yeah. you know, there's certain actors that didn't like that. You know, right. all of a sudden you're saying, okay, here's how I want you to act this. Yeah. I didn't have much of a problem. You know, I got, then I got to have lunch a little earlier if I did it the way right, I wanted. Right, right, right. You know, there were, there were sometimes I disagreed with certain things. But um, at the end of the day, just like with uh, John, Josh, and Hayden on Cobra Kai, they, the filmmakers get the tiebreaker. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, you're trusting their vision, and they're seeing it from a bird's eye view. You know, you have to believe in that. It's, uh, um, you know, I guess you made a mistake if you're getting involved with something where every day you're disagreeing with the filmmaker. Was there anything that you disagreed with when it happened and then you saw it and you were like... Oh, I guess he was right. I guess that worked um, out pretty well. Yeah, a lot of stuff. <laughs> a ton. A ton. I wish I, I wish. I mean, there were some I came up with that were mine, but there were many of them uh, uh, that were were his. The, the I hate this bike, this stupid bike, throwing it into that steady cam shot. Yeah. It's really a wonderful mother-son scene of, of teen angst. And, but the I always felt it like cursing at the bike nonstop. It's like, oh, this is so over the top. This is so... Over the top, and when I saw it, you know, it just—it's great. It's is, great. It great, and um, and so that's where I disagreed on the day. One, I the one I agreed on the day, and it's still one of my favorite moments in the film is after the Miyagi drunk scene when Daniel goes to leave and he turns back and he bows to Miyagi after he's asleep and just takes that moment of respect before he leaves and sets off to train himself and the Bill Conti music and all that. I get like you know, I'm like a little kid, get all misty eyed and goosebumps, and it's 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 great every time. That's yeah, fantastic. What about for you? Um, yeah, he just uh, he let me go. I mean, I, I think I didn't have as many scenes as Ralph did, and I didn't have any many, as many lines and talking. A lot of mine was action stuff. So um, it would just uh, he just let me go and, and make modifications here and there, and uh, just trust him. I think you're as good as your director and your script at the end of the day, and that's it. and he knew it. He had his whole movie in his head and. He painted me into his into the story he was making. So you just trust that, and you know you do your thing. And you know he'd push me here, get a little more intense over here, this and that. But he pretty much cast it the, the way he he picked the right people for the right parts, and the script did the driving and rehearsed it. And and then at the end, he put his music in there and in his edit because he was an editor first too. Yeah, and cameraman, he's an incredible. Editor you know, no, so he's an incredible uh, storyteller. Yeah, we we miss. I mean, I guess uh, you know a lot of people are saying, "Well, it's too bad Pat Morita is no longer here to see the success of Cobra Kai," and he certainly his character Miyagi is is woven throughout the series and will continue to be. Um, 
But I guess if I, it, for me, it's uh, John not being here able to see this is, is what I, I miss the Indeed. most. And it's nice Robert Kamen, who wrote the original right. film, is he's, 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 he's so yeah. happy. He's so excited. That's great. Because yeah. of how, as a writer, he saw the way these fanboys, these these guys that are just turning 40 years old, took this and and added other layers to it. And he's, he's so excited for Billy and myself and everybody involved. And that's cool. Yeah. Well, because Pat was, you know, most people knew Pat from Happy Days, yeah. where right. he was... Hilarious, but a very you know one-dimensional right. character. He was, he would always ar, ar, he would just come in and cackle, and then people would laugh, and yeah. then he'd walk off. But you know, but he was a like a groundling. He was a master improviser yeah, yeah. and a and a sketch comedy guy. And, and that only started at thirty years old. He came, went into uh, stand up. So oh wow, yeah. So it wasn't like something he pounded in high school, and and uh, and uh, that started at thirty years old. Is when he, I think, he got his break. Red Fox gave him his start down in, in, in Vegas. You know. Wow. Yeah, because that was a whole seeing him as Miyagi was to people who are familiar with him before was a whole other dimension oh, yeah. of. And those were days when, you know, the industry's changed so much now. But in those days, people were either comedy people or they were drama people or they were television people yep. or they were film yep. people. Exactly. And that was pretty much. And even below that was like. In, in the 80s, it started getting to like, okay, well, you're either a network television person or a cable yeah, person, and yeah. that's it. And now everyone's everything. Yeah. And it just doesn't, you know, like it rightfully doesn't matter anymore. It's like right. good work is good work. It doesn't matter where it is or, you know. But you did a series for a while. Yeah. Was it, were you like four years maybe? Equalizer. Or? Equalizer yeah. for three or four years. Yeah, yeah, four years. The Equalizer. Yeah. Equalizer. <laughs> it was a great experience, that one. Yeah. That was like, you know, not playing a villain. That was a. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great. Worked with some great actors in New York on that. That was kind of my uh, that was my my acting school. I would say with those great actors, was it, Robert Mitchum and yeah. Shirley Knight and Richard Jordan. There's some great actors and Edward Woodward who played the Equalizer. Yeah. That was like you know coming out of the movies I came out of the T movies, except for Karate Kid. The others were kind of you know funny comedies, but to go into a drama with this kind of writing and directing and be in New York and stand toe to toe with these legends. Um, was uh, an incredible film school for me. And you're also doing episodes probably really fast, too. Yeah, but I was recurring, so I wasn't doing them back-to-back. I would do maybe four or five a year or something. So I'd like maybe I'd do one, there'd be a two-parter, so I'd work for two weeks or something. Uh, but that was incredible, that, that experience. Yeah. I tweeted at you a few years ago because what? I, I How think did I, I not see that? You, did if, I? I, if I tell you, you'll remember okay. probably because you, <laughs> oh, tweeted, no. you tweeted back. Oh, but, good. But I, I don't know why... <laughs> But they had me come on to Family Guy and basically voice you. Oh, is that you? Yes. That's you at the, mm-hmm. at the lockers? Yeah. You're nice. Yeah. Good work. Just my friends. My friends. I approve. My friends all you know, work on the thing and they're like, oh, would you want to come in? I go, sure. And they go, hey, we're doing a Karate Kid thing. And so I basically just came in and be, be like, you're going down to that karate tournament or whatever. So, and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. it. Yeah, like yeah. it took literally four minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then a year later they were like, hey, your thing's on. And I got so excited. I, oh, I, think, I, I think I tweeted. I, I, I didn't tweeted know that was your, maybe I was so long ago I didn't realize. It was a while ago. It was yeah, like three yeah. or four years ago. But it was sort of playing off that idea of like, because I think the joke was like, Karate's dumb. Well, you guys do karate? That's right, lame. Right, you know? right, right, right. But uh, uh, my friends, two of my friends, this guy's called the Sklar Brothers, have this whole stand-up bit about the about like 
Oh, you going to the karate tournament? Of course. That. What, what do you think? The traffic jam. Just the idea. Because I don't think anyone had thought. You know, right, like, right. like they, they, and you guys even kind of address it in the series. Of like, well, it was a really big deal. Yeah, right. right. It was a really big deal. Right, right, right. right because it, it's oh, yeah. like winning. A, it's like football in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Right, right. Was there any at the time? Was there any conversation of like, do people really go to karate? <laughs> I one of my early, one of my early uh, notes right after the uh, first pitch. Uh, from um, from John, Josh, and Aiden before I signed on completely. It was about, you know, I had a lot to digest. We both did. And I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'll get back to you. I'm just digest this, get back with questions. And one of the things I said was like, you know, I get that Johnny Lawrence was living in the past, but like, because... I guess Rocky Balboa or, you know, or Apollo Creed, like, lost. But it was the heavyweight championship of the world. <laughs> Televised. <laughs> this is like at Cal State Northridge gym. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did it really take him down for 30 years? <laughs> and, they, and, and we just had this conversation about it. And they talked from the perspective of when it's in your head and you're in this. And they talked about the whole thing. It's like winning in the, uh, uh, a champion in, in high school football right. in Texas. You're a hero, right? And so I just I bought it, and you know what? They were right. It they works. are right because because whatever community <laughs> you're in, whatever the thing is, there yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. And if you're super into it, and you it doesn't work out the way you want, I mean, it's like uh, you're, you're a yeah. young you're a young teenager that's devastating. That's right. Like it could be. To- I mean, it's basically Biff. It's basically Back to the Future right. in, in the alternative. Biff. Right. Right. The alternative Biff, where he's waxing the car. Right. Like he got right. his ass kicked once that, and yeah. just shattered. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it just kind of I think it also shows you and it should show people just how fragile the bully mind yeah, actually right. is. Yeah. They're just right. one. Yeah, they're just one click from <laughs> the cliff, man. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the bad lesson of that is like, God, I only have to take a bully down once, but right. then maybe that bully actually would just keep coming back and beating the shit out. You're like, no, no, you're supposed to go down once. Right, 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 right. And then you're supposed to be drinking beers yeah, for breakfast right. in like 30 years. Right. This is not... Yeah. This isn't how it goes. This is See, not how... I've seen the movies. This isn't how it goes at all. Right. But uh, what year was Vinny? What year was my cousin Vinny? Uh, 92. That was 92. Yeah, and we shot in 91 in Atlanta. And we shoot this in Atlanta, so I'm two for two. You're two for two in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. That was another one that I feel and like... And L.A. We do, we do a decent amount in L.A., too, at Cobra Kai for the exteriors. But, oh, you got to uh, give you the valley. Yep. It, yeah. it, it's a it big character in the show. It says on your building. I know, man. I, you know, like, if any... Karate Kid... Reseda really needed Karate Kid because it's basically <laughs> the Karate Kid, and they even make a joke about it in the thing of, like, the porn industry. Right, right. It's like, that's, that's kind of... The, that's that part of the valley... Right. So they really, really kind of, they really needed, yeah, they really they needed, needed you. needed to come back. <laughs> the, the address that is the Cobra Kai address, is yeah. that an actual On address? Victory Boulevard? <laughs> I hope not, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's out there, though. Some weird, some weird candle shop. Yeah, right. Right. We just, what do you guys, why do you keep showing up here? Right. Get rid of karate train. <laughs> we sell candles. But um, My Cousin Vinny was another one of those movies that I just feel like just came out of nowhere and then was exposed. You know, like blindsided pop culture yeah. when the movie came yeah, out. Yeah, that, that's uh, it's, that's like a drop the remote movie. It's a late for dinner movie. When it's yeah. on, you just be, you're going to be late for dinner. Yeah, it's just um, and once again, it goes back to the script. You know, that's a interestingly, uh, Karate Kid and My Cousin Vinny are so different, but uh, but yet it's still fish out of water. It's overcoming obstacles. It's setups and payoffs, and uh, those are the things that that work and great casting. 
you know. Yeah. So you said in the 90s, you said, oh, things kind of dried up a little in bit. The, so in the late been, 90s. In the late know. 90s. Yeah. Gotcha. Because yeah. I would think coming off of My Cousin Vinny, which yeah. was a tremendously successful right. movie. Right. So at that point, are you thinking like, oh, I can pick and choose or I don't know what I want to do? Or? You always think that at the young age. I have a quote that is in one of these a book or something where I said, yeah, I figure I'm going to work on and off and, you know, for the most part up to um, my early thirties. And then I'm just going to kick back. It's the stupidest. Right? I, I have it. It's on paper. I'll show it to you. No. And in a book, like a, a Ralph Macchio book with like, right, pictures right. of me. Kick back after 30. Yeah. It's like, that's what I'm when you're really old, yeah, yeah. you know, where so, yeah, right. like into my, I think it was mid third, maybe 35. Right. And, uh, I look at, and that is just youth is wasted on the young. Just this stupid but thing. You know what, when we were, when we were growing, Growing up, because <laughs> it was easy too. for me at the start. It really was. Sure, I I had to, in a weird way, I almost had to try to not get shit. Right, like I got almost every part for a chunk of time. Right, not all the way up into my cousin Vinny, but because my cousin Vinny, right before them, that was a hard sell. Believe it or not, my agent at the time had to sell 20th Century Fox hard on me playing the Italian. Cousin of Joe Pesci, but they want. I remember they they were they were talking about Ben Stiller and Will Smith because they were both hot at the time. They were right. both on the upswing, and so that was the beginning of it. Like the like, you know, right, right around 1990, I started right. to feel that 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 change. But up until that point, it was kind of. It just kept happening. So I sort of paid my dues after. Right. It's like I didn't pay my dues and finally get my break. I got my break and then yeah. stuck around for a while and then spent, you know, 10 or 15 years doing stuff in between some behind the camera, some on camera and and uh, that were, that were you know, it's tougher to string them together, you know, but yeah, somehow survive. It is kind of rough when you... When you work a lot when you're young, and then if times change or studio heads change or whatever, and things just change, you're like, I don't understand. I'm doing the same shit. I was exactly. doing. Why is this not working now? I don't understand. Yeah. Why is this not working now? Yeah. So, like, what's the what? Like, what is the wisdom that you've gleaned? You know, now that you've you know you've come out on top, and mm-hmm. you're you know like everything's great, and you know like what's the what's the the words of advice that you would give? Well, it's um, you know I I have a, a pretty grounded family life. Which is the balance I talk about having one foot in and one foot out. I've always, you know, spent uh, I spend time in 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 the business, but I spend a a time away from Hollywood, away from it all. So that's how I sort of was able to 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 balance that. the The wisdom, I mean. L- be smart with your money when you when you have it. <laughs> That's a piece of wisdom, um, oh, and shit. and okay. uh, so there's that. Um, and um, and you know, someone said if it, you have to feel that you have no choice but to do this in right. some way. And if you could be creative in some way, like I said before, making a living at it is something different than being. You could always be creative. You could be in theater. You could be. You could write scripts. You could make movies now, you know, on your iPhone or video. I mean, you could do anything creative. Um, it's it's how to make a living at it that that's that's not really in your control. Right. Um, so I think. I mean, I think I'm looking for the pearl here. It's not. It's more specific to me and how I've been able to balance it in my life, and in my marriage, and in my family, and and all that, and maintain sanity. 
all all good things to those who wait and, and good things come to the yeah. good people. I'd like to believe that's the case and that's why this is happening for us. But, um, you know, a couple of good writers and a, and a smart franchise yeah. uh, helps too, you know. And, and also it's good that you guys uh, took care of yourselves. Yep. Good docs. You got- <laughs> good docs. <laughs> I mean, it almost – there's something about John Lawrence in this where almost like – I think he looks a little too healthy. No way. How's that possible? Because you're in good shape still. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of wonder if that John Lawrence would have been like 300 pounds. He would have been a little heavier. But <laughs> he, I, he didn't have enough time. They didn't I, have enough I, time I to shoot that. I actually dropped some pounds when we, from the time we announced it to the time we shot it because I'm like, I was like almost pushing 200. And I went, um, you know. You're a tall guy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I, that's okay. But it was a little bit of, uh, you know, I had to trim it down. Remember? I came mm-hmm. on set. I was almost 180. Then 177. I was getting a little too thin. Yeah, then we were saying, hey, stop. <laughs> you're getting gaunt. Stop. Yeah, I mean, I was. We both have like that problem. We, we both, you know, try to get in better shape. And as you as you, you lose the weight around your midsection, so you tighten up. You, you lose it everywhere. You realize yeah, your yeah. face is looking like yeah, you get sucked to, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but, but it's you know, yeah, we preserved decently well. Knock wood. Yeah. And I would imagine if we walked in, you know, and they went to pitch us, and we looked nothing like the guys. <laughs> we, that might have been. But a, I figured a, Johnny had to be like he's the kind of guy that can drink a case of beer and not gain a get, get, get a beer belly. Like I right. imagine, like his metabolism is makeup. Like Johnny's just kind of like so, he has good genes. Yeah, he's good genes. As much as he beers he drinks, he still you know somehow holds together pretty well. <laughs> it's many breakfast beers. Been, I could easily played him as the opposite of that and said, oh, he's a beer drinker. I don't have to do anything. I'm going to actually go that way. Yeah, you know, so if, they the, if they had if they had the luxury. You know, if you had the luxury where, okay, we're going to shoot these first few episodes here and then we take a break and you could have, you know, fluctuated where you, yeah. he was out of shape and then got in shape. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't have – I mean no. we, we shot this thing in 10, yeah. 10 weeks, uh, you know, 10 episodes. Okay. It was five days, uh, you know, we block shot two at a time. Ten days for two episodes, which is very challenging. <laughs> that is crazy. It was really because there's a lot in there. Yeah, You're not just it's not a you know it's not a simple you know two location two or three locations. There's a lot of cast, a lot of story, a lot of action scenes. A lot of like oh it hurts when I spin my yeah. a spin kick doesn't yeah, right. feel great. Yeah, no, not not like it used to. Doesn't really feel that good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I threw a front kick in one of those in the dojo scene where I'm celebrating getting back in the All Valley tournament. I don't know if you've seen that episode yet. Probably just spoiled for you. That's all right, but I threw a front kick with just shoes on, and I, and my I felt like a grapefruit landed on my hamstring and just pulled in, and I couldn't stand up. Like it was a divot in my muscle; all my muscles caved in. It was almost like a really bad pull. And then I went to step down on it; and it was really painful. I thought I ripped it. And then next time I had to do the same thing, but I ended up having to kick with my other foot because of that. So my kicking foot became my plant foot. And it was super painful. I'm like, wow. And I had to stretch. <laughs> that's the you thing. Know, that's you the thing. Gotta you stretch. You gotta stretch. You have you to stay stretch. warm. You used to have to stretch. You're like, when touch you're a kid, you're already warm. warm. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah then you're fine. You yeah. Just, yeah. But I also like that there, there's a subtle suggestion, not even a subtle suggestion, but when you guys first meet about the point of view of what the original story was. For you, it was probably like, you know, just uh, new kids. Just yeah, right. People just give them shit for no reason. Right, they just right. gotta fight back. And, and your perspective is like, you did steal my girlfriend. Yeah, right. Right. It's like, <laughs> right, so from your right, point of view, it's like douchebag, you know, like East Coast douchebag comes into town, yeah. just fucking takes my girlfriend, right. and everyone feels so bad for him. Yeah, you know, like right, from right. your point of view, That's it's right. a totally different story. Yeah, there's so much more. Once You'll you watch the rest, later. it's so it's great. So you yeah. have to watch the rest of the I'm, series. I'm 100% going to watch because the rest Because there's, the there's so much, there's, there's so many it's great It's like a prism these guys created. You can look at this story through any angle and it makes sense. You just turn it a little bit and you could see through anybody's eyes and it makes perfect sense which is like life in a way you know everybody's got their own point of view coming in to make this you know this thing and that's what that's what this is it's like it's, it's deep like that
Well, as we're wrapping this up and allowing you to, uh, I think this is the end of your. This might be the end of your press cycle for this. <laughs> yes. After I'm... this, it's just you high five <laughs> and credits roll. But just two random, two random things from one thing from each of you, like. What's something you're really excited about right now? It doesn't have to be your show or work or whatever, or it can be, uh-huh. but just in general, just like personal question, what are you excited about right now? What's kinda, what kind of gets you jazzed and, and happy at the moment? Um, well, it's tough not to point it towards what's going on in my, my career at the time. I mean, uh, you know, it's excited. My son just graduated college, Boston College, so really proud of him. My daughter graduated a few years ago, so I thankfully from the maternal side of the gene pool, <laughs> I have two intelligent kids that are, that are off and, and, uh, in a good direction. So that's, that's really something uh, personally uh, exciting. Um, having the, the Cobra Kai show doing uh, across the board at this level, I'm shooting a uh, um, season two of The Deuce for yep. HBO. And that's a totally different. It's a gritty documentary style drama about the birth of the porn industry in New York City. <laughs> so it's kind of fun to have a, a role peppered throughout that series and then have this. So right now, you know, those elements are, are things that I'm all excited about. And hopefully keep this 15 minutes going as long as possible one more time. What about you? Like you said, this is kind of the end of our press tour, so it's been a long journey from pitch to shooting to the press to the whole response to season two being renewed. So we're at the back end of that, and uh, so I'm actually excited about just turning it all off for a minute and being with my kids. I got a little boy and a little girl. Oh, nice. Coach baseball. Yeah, they're my little life. So I teach you, you know, they're swimming. We're swimming. We're going surfing. We're going camping. And uh, it's just the real life, you know. It's what uh, means the most to me. And this is all great and great to, you know, to bring it to the family, but I I, I cherish that. So that's what's my that's opinion. nice, and that's it also because when you're young, it's that, like that like the work and the jobs. I feel like that's all you got, right. you know. And then you get older, you go, no, oh, no, no, I mean, I mean, there's other stuff. That's right. Yep. It kind of takes the pressure off, yep. and it's isn't it nice to yeah. enjoy what you do, but not feel so precious about mm-hmm. it? Like yeah. ah, if I exactly. if I stopped doing this now, I'd be okay. Like I still right. got all this other great stuff yeah, going on. Exactly. I would just say one thing about how advice, if I give any advice, I don't have advice, but I can just tell you that hindsight's twenty twenty, And if I could look back, if I could look ahead and see what was coming, like in the times where it's dry and it's not working out and you don't, you know, you never know what's around the corner, but you can look back and see all these kind of mountaintops. And then the growth is in the valley where you get your character, where you get all your experience. And so the journey's in the, 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 the destination, the journey is the destination for me. And and you show up and something like this you know presents itself and and it all makes sense so you know, that's my advice to you. you can is. never ju- you can never you can't map it out there's no mm. map for this and like you said you have you know you're fully committed I always say you know like it's not a career it's an expedition and you're out in the middle of the sea and sometimes you're going to go into an island you're going to get fruit and honey but most of the time it's salty fish and <laughs> rain dude right. and you got to hang in there and you have to know something in yourself that. You know, there's a reason that you're there, you know, that you're in for the long haul. And, and the success isn't measured by how, how well people know you or how well you're doing, but on what makes you complete. And that's why I know we're both, you know, I'm a writer too, a producer, I direct. And I'm happy equally. I'm an editor even. I'm equally happy and fulfilled in any one of those categories. And this time the acting came back and, and I'm, you know, and, and that's my new joy and everything's kind of on hold right now. So that's if that's it, you know. Find your peace in your journey, and uh, and it somehow works out. 
God, you know, such great advice mm-hmm. from a guy that when I, was, when I was an asshole of all time. <laughs> when I was when I was a kid, I was like, that guy, sorry, man, that guy would It'll totally, your that guy would totally beat me up. Yeah, he, yeah. he's but clearly it, not doubling down. On his <laughs> <laughs> I keep yeah, what happened to doubling down on dickishness? I, love I just love that. Come on, man. I had what to say it one more time. Double what happened? To dickishness. Is there anything else you want to plug while you're here? Uh, no, no, man. Just plug season two. Yeah, there we go. So okay, so we're plug season. So season one right now of Cobra Kai YouTube Red. The Deuce coming back second season on HBO, and then uh, oh, and I think I forgot. I think I may have omitted C. Thomas Howell from The Outsiders. That's so right, just and Diane Lane, you and get, Diane you Lane in there as well. Leaf Garrett and Leaf Garrett, and then also people. I feel like I don't hear as many people talk about it, but people should go back and watch just one of the guys. It's a fucking yeah. great, <laughs> one of my favorite weird comedies of the eighties. And it's so it's fantastic. I love I love that movie. Yeah, there's a lot of fans of that movie. Yeah, it's still <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people's first exposure to the uh, female anatomy in that movie. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. The big boob scene at the end. That's there's right. A lot of ki- like young teenagers first like there it was. It was kind of a big moment. Well, now you got them running right big now. Big moment. Eighty <laughs> cinema history. Yes, please. Sorry, Joyce. You know what? You know what? I'm say something. It doesn't. You, teenagers now. Oh yeah. It yeah, just yeah, doesn't yeah, really. Oh, I get second my phone. I got boobs. I got dicks. What do, you got, what do you want? I got a sense. I can see everything right here. Yeah, it's right here. It was a fun movie. That, of the characters I played that were villains, he was the hardest. He, he wasn't the most redeemable. He deserved what he got. Had right. a punch bowl at the end. He was, you know, lifting tables, you know, and tried to make him have fun, though. Gave him eight, eight raisins, put on some weightlifting gloves. Yep. Just made him thick air and air, you know, and it's just ridiculous, as absurd as I can make him, you know, and you know, on the wrong side of the track, and you take one for the team, and you go down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for Thanks, being here. Man. It was an absolute pleasure. And, and honestly, you know, of all these podcasts I, I've done, I, you know, I was actually really nervous to meet you guys just because it just – that first – it's just all so ingra- – again, mm. it's just so ingrained in my DNA. That's and just to think like, oh, my God, I get to do so. I actually get to sit down and talk with these guys. It's just been a awesome. tremendous it's honor. Nice, so. It's nice to have more than four minutes to cover it. So it was, it was very yeah. – it was easy, man. Thanks so Well, much. thank you for being here, uh, Billy and Ralph, and uh, watch Karate Kid – or Cobra Kai, which has – yeah, watch both. Watch Credit Kid. Watch all of them. Watch all yeah. of them. All right, thanks, everyone. Enjoy your burrito. Have a nice burrito. Who's having burritos? ID 10 t scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, Take risks and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.